You're listening to Day 39 of A Little Bit of Heaven, a special study from North Richland Hills Baptist and Cross Church, focusing on the Christian hope for this life and the life to come. Here's Pastor Scott Mays. Does the devil have access to heaven? One of the most perplexing stories in the Bible is found in the earliest chapters of the book of Job. We're introduced to a good and righteous man who's about to be tested. And the testing comes as a result of a cabinet meeting that God is holding in heaven. Verse 6 of Job 1, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. What begins as a normal day for Job turns out to be a devastating day as a result of this heavenly cabinet meeting. The only one of the bunch who's singled out is Satan, a title meaning adversary or opponent. This is really a perplexing story for us because we want to know, does the devil have access to heaven? And really all kinds of questions begin to pop up in our minds when we read the story, such as, I thought only good was allowed inside the gates of heaven while simultaneously and instantaneously we think of such questions like if satan fell from heaven could i fall from heaven one day too instinctively we know satan doesn't belong inside heaven's gates let's circle the wagons for a moment and return to the story of job some feel that this is not satan because the way the name satan appears in the original hebrew There in verse 6, there is a definite article in front of Satan, and the word means adversary. So some feel the English translation shouldn't be Satan with a capital S, but rather a small s, as simply an anonymous challenger to God inside the heavenly council. I don't think this is wise. Here's why, and stay with me for a minute, as I need to give you a little bit of biblical history in order to better understand why Satan is in the presence of God. Now, we're not told if Satan is a part of the sons of God or if he's simply an uninvited guest, a gatecrasher, if you will. I think the latter. He's probably not a part of the heavenly council. And that's why God asks in verse 7, where have you been, Satan? Where are you coming from? Now, Satan is a monster, and he's ugly in all of his ungodly character. Eventually, he'll be defeated at the end of our Bibles. But before his defeat, the Bible describes that him, the great dragon, the serpent, also called the devil and Satan in Revelation 12:9, was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. We trace back to biblical history his origins. We see his entry into the Garden of Eden as a snake and we're aware that before Adam and Eve fell, there was a pre-fall or a cosmic fall. Jesus speaks of the event when he says in Luke chapter 10, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, which speaks to Jesus' preexistence before Bethlehem. So before creation of the world, before any appearance of humans, Satan falls from his perch in heaven as an angel. It's not recorded the full story, but alluded to in a prophetic piece in Isaiah 14, beginning in verses 12 through 17, and Ezekiel 28, verses 1 through 19. I'll let you read that on your own. Satan, or Lucifer, was once a bright, angelic creature made by God. He fell, evidently, and as he fell, he took one-third of the angels with him, if that's how we can interpret Revelation 12:4. Now, he's already deadly evil and a liar before his encounter with Eve, 
And we see further confirmation of this story from 2 Peter 2, 4. For God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them the chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Again, Satan leads an insurrection in heaven before the creation of humans in the world. We could call this the first fall before the fall of humanity and the fall of the world in Genesis. Now, much mystery surrounds this, but the next statement's really important. Everything Satan does is by the express permission of God. Satan cannot move a foot unless God grants him authority. I offer you proof in two places. In Jesus' words to Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, Peter's other name, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I pray that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers. There's permission granted by God to Satan to sift or try Peter. And Jesus already sees Peter's return back to the right way. The second area of proof is in our story with Job. Look at verse 12, verse 12 of chapter 1. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan goes from the presence of the Lord. God governs Satan's every move. Let me say it another way. God holds Satan on a leash. Now, if we're to take this one step further, we consider Satan's access to heaven. Just as he's granted access to the Garden of Eden, he's also granted access to heaven at some limited venture in order to accuse Job. Let me say this again. Satan has no business being in the perfect, ideal Garden of Eden, no more than he had business in heaven. Now, to consider this, this causes me to wonder about issues and dimensions that I don't have full answers to. Yet I don't need to be anxious because Satan was defeated on the cross. Paul's words in Colossians 2, Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him or in the cross. For in the cross accomplished its great purposes by defeating Satan and evil by granting people like you and I access into heaven. Friend, remember Satan's end game. It's coming as described in the book of Revelation. The devil who had deceived them was thrown to the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they'll be tormented day and night forever and ever, Revelation 20.10. What a relief on that day. What a day of celebration that's going to be for all of God's people. Until then, we speak the gospel frequently, and purposely, the gospel of God's grace to everyone. Why? Because of the command God gave Paul. He commands all believers. God said to Paul in Acts 26, I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The gospel of God's grace reverses the curse and defeats Satan. You can know this, on the end of all days, in the new heavens and the new earth, Satan will not be present. He will not be there to accuse the brethren. He will be dropped into a pit of hell. Now lastly, someone may be saying, well, if Satan fell from heaven, maybe one day my sin will cause me to fall from heaven. What's to prevent me from sinning in the future new heaven and new earth? This will not happen for two reasons. First, God the Father did not send his Son to redeem angels or demons or Satan. 
God the Father did send his Son to redeem humans. Big difference. Second, the Bible promises the new covenant in Ezekiel 11 and repeated in Jeremiah 32. He says, I will make with them an everlasting covenant, and I will not turn away from doing good to them, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. The new covenant is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is imperative that you turn from your sins and embrace Jesus Christ. Friend, you cannot fall from heaven because God will not lie and he will not fail to accomplish even one of his grand purposes. 